Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening, and welcome to the kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network. I am your host. My name is Harry Broughters, the voice of reason. Joining me, as per usual, the Anchorman and the Down Since Day One co-host, Eric Watkins. Okay, so does making homemade pizza officially count as adulting? Because if it does, that makes my life a lot easier. I guess it depends on what's on the pizza. Uh, pepperoni, ground turkey with two different kinds of cheese, taco seasoning, and garlic pepper. A little spicy for my taste, but hey, it might knock the sinuses right out of me. I could use something spicy right about now, I suppose. And there is Randy Isbell. Hello, hello, hello. Noticeably absent, still on assignment. Not sure if he's covering the hoodows this week or not. Okay, let's kind of break the fourth wall here. Jason had a death in the family, which Ooh. is the reason that he's not here. Which is the reason he's not here this week. He was supposed to come back tonight, but he had a death. Uh, one of his one of his close friends passed away. So out of respect, we're going to defer to him to let him have the time off, deal with all the situations that need to be dealt with, and then he should be back with us next week. Man, 2020 still taking everybody. Do you see it's going after the dude? Uh, well, yeah, as if Sid Hartman wasn't enough. I mean, come on. The dude's been abiding this entire time. Just stop it. Randy's over there playing Among Us still, waiting for us to actually get to the meat and potatoes of the show. All right, you'll notice I sound a little bit different tonight. I'm going to apologize in advance of the show. I have had a bad migraine all day. My sinuses have been flared. I am trying to get through tonight's show. We'll see how this goes. This may never make air because it's entirely possible that I'm going to lose my voice halfway through and we'll end up having to scrap the whole damn thing. We'll see what happens. For now, we start the show how we always start the show. It's time for studs. And duds. So in order to limit my talking as much as I possibly can, the anchor man is going to step up and handle Jason's picks for the week in regards to studs, duds, and so that happened. So we start with studs like we always do, Eric. Let's start with Jason's. Well, I mean, it's kind of fitting that we start with Jason's stud because it was originally going to be mine. Yeah, for those of you that followed college football over the weekend, especially in the ACC, You'll kind of notice that Clemson went ahead and hung up 73 on Georgia Tech. Main part of that is Jason's stud, Trevor Lawrence. It's something when you throw for nearly 400 yards and five touchdowns in the first half. Kudos to him, him and please run away from Jacksonville. Go to the Jets like you should. Do you see the meme I shared in the group with um, the friends meme with the look on Lawrence's face when he decides to go back to school after the Jets go 0-16? And then the Jets go 0-16 next year as well? Yep, especially if they keep Adam Gase. 
I'm sure Randy will have more to say about that when we pour one out for the homers. Um, no. Correct correct me if I'm wrong, Eric. I actually do believe that Trevor Lawrence and Clemson set a record in that game. Yes, they did. I was trying to remember what record it was. The largest margin of victory in an ACC conference game. Oh, well, naturally. I mean, yeah, we don't get 73-7s to sevens that often around these parts. Don't get me wrong. Georgia Tech is, well, not good, let's be honest. Although Florida State did bounce back this week, so maybe Georgia Tech's a little bit better than we're giving them credit for. <laughs> Clemson is far and away the best team in college football right now. Yeah, I mean, if they go ahead and run the table, they'd lock down that one seed in the playoff pretty easily. Eric, you might as well continue the mantle since you started. Go ahead and give us your stud for the week. Well, staying in somewhat the ACC area, traveling down to the peninsula of my home state, where, as some call them the only real Florida team, the Tampa Bay Bucks, they put a hurtin' on Green Bay. Now, while everybody would be focusing on everything that Tom Brady did, reconnecting with Gronk, yada, 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 there's my favorite name and one of my favorite players still to today that came out, the man himself, Namu Kong Su. This time he didn't even have to step on Aaron Rodgers to make an impact. Unfortunately, given the fact that this happened before Randy came onto the show, he is also your greatest lion of all time. <laughs> It shows you success for two different teams coming up. Shame he couldn't do it in Miami, but Dems the breaks. All right, Randy. I see an interesting choice for your stud, so I'm curious as to how this is going to go. Yeah, I'm going to give some love to a uh, former Jet. Uh, give me Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator for the Buccaneers. You know, backers jump out to a 10 nothing lead, and then the defense just completely smothers them. You know, he had the back-to-back interceptions by Rodgers, one return for a touchdown, one brought to the two-yard line. And after that, they just got nothing going. So I, I'm, I'll – this the stud's really the defense of Tampa Bay, but I'm going to give credit to the defensive coordinator just because he's a former Jet. And honestly, Jets fans are looking for bright spots wherever they can find them these days. We really aren't. We don't care. Well, I mean, just think and take some comfort. It would be extremely 2020 if, of all places, Tampa Bay winds up with three titles in the span of a year. Think about that. I'd really rather not talk about baseball right now. I'm so depressed about Sunday night. Yeah, needless to say, I've seen some memes that, out of respect, I haven't shared because it would make you cry. So, speaking of defenses that were dominant, you guys remember when Cleveland won four games in a row and moved to four and one and tied for second in the division? Yeah, it was very strange times. Yeah, well, Pittsburgh put them back in their place this past Sunday, led by a defensive performance that absolutely shut down Baker Mayfield. 10 of 18 for 119 yards with one touchdown and two interceptions. And a Pittsburgh Steelers defense that scored just as many touchdowns as the Cleveland Browns offense did when Minka Fitzpatrick had a pick six against Mayfield in the first quarter of Pittsburgh's 38-7 shellacking of the Cleveland Browns. Eric, 
I mean, if you're willing to add to that stat line, you can also throw in one or two rib injuries there, too. <laughs> Put it this way. Cleveland's, Cleveland's yardage leader throughout the entire game for their, for their secondary players, non-quarterback specific, was Austin Hooper. He had 52 yards from scrimmage. <laughs> oh, Cleveland, may you never change. Well, I will say this much. After getting whooped by Baltimore on opening day 38-6, to they did run off four in a row. And the schedule, well, I mean, it gets a little bit more favorable for them now that they're not playing Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, I'm really looking forward to that first Pittsburgh-Baltimore game. Those two are clearly the class of the AFC North. And honestly, these, these Steelers might be better than we thought they were going in. And I picked them. I picked them as a wildcard team, but I wouldn't be surprised if that changes when we do our midseason review. I completely agree. I also had them as a high wildcard team, but hey, that two-horse race in the AFC North could easily flip. Keep an eye on Cleveland, though. I, I hope I expect them to bounce back because I feel like I feel like the, the, the their new coach is going to light a fire up under their ass after getting handled the way that they did by Pittsburgh, much the same way that he did when they got handled the way that they did by Baltimore in the opening week of the season. Eh, sometimes you light a fire, sometimes it gets burned, sometimes there's shit all over the place, and then you see Odell Beckham Jr. smiling. It's like that this year. Sometimes you take the deuce, sometimes you are the deuce. <laughs> All right, let's switch over to the opposite side of the football here, and let, or the opposite side of the spectrum here, and let's go over to our duds. I mean, it is technically the opposite side of the football as well. Yeah. We are a football podcast after all. Let's start with Jason's Eric. Okay, so we all know when we make our jokes and look at the statistics with Kirk Cousins and how he does at 1 p.m. starts versus, well, any other time possible. Uh-huh. We were really surprised about how he did against Seattle, were we not? Yes, we were surprised that he kept Minnesota in that game as much as he did, losing only by a single point on Sunday Night Football. Exactly. Well, we can kind of postulate that he got his weeks mixed up because it was Sunday, it was 1 p.m. Eastern, and they were playing Atlanta of all teams. Jason was pretty apt to pick the Vikings as his dud because, well, when you can barely even score, you're throwing a couple interceptions in the first half, and the Falcons hang 40 on you and actually win this time, that's a problem. I will just say this. The interim coach in Atlanta now has more wins than Dan Quinn did this season. The clown is down. The clown is down. Uh, unfortunately, another one might be emerging. Details coming soon. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. All right, Eric, who's your dad for the week? Yeah, uh, football in the state of Mississippi. For all of the praise that I had for the pirate Mike Leach at Mississippi State after beating LSU, things have been utter crap ever since. This weekend, you combine Mississippi State scoring only two points, and then Ole Miss 
also getting drubbed and losing to Arkansas. It, it's a very, very, very bad week. The Pirates riding the lane train all over the place and eh, I'm wondering how much longer they may be in town after this season. So you're saying that the lane train is off the rails and the pirate may have been shipwrecked. Precisely. Couldn't have said it better myself. For shame. Randy, dud. Uh, mine's Ezekiel Elliott. Just Listen, you lose Dak Prescott. So you... Everyone knew they were going to have to lean on the running game a little bit and let Andy Dalton kind of get into form. And instead, Ezekiel Elliott ends up dropping the ball multiple times in the first half. Especially, it was a close game early on, a nice, fun defensive battle. And then Ezekiel Elliott just changes all of that. I mean, he did come out and say it was on him, but you can't do that in a game like that against a good Arizona team where a I mean, backup quarterback. I know Andy Dalton's good and everything, but wait, wait, you wait, hold on to the ball. Wait, wait, what did you just say? Andy Dalton is a good quarterback uh, he didn't play like that against Arizona okay um I know this hard coffee is only five percent so I just wanted to confirm that I heard that right hmm. all right I, I haven't heard said anything wrong Dalton's serviceable I, yeah. I think that Dalton I think that Dalton gives them more than a strong enough chance to at least maintain in the NFC East. Let's be honest. We'll talk about that division a little bit later on. Yeah. Because, yikes. But, realistically speaking, even with Dalton as their starting quarterback, Dalton's still probably the second best quarterback in that division right now. But how much is that really saying? Not much, but still... The thing is, is serviceable might be good enough to win the NFC East this year. It is weird times. You're you're right though. I, I can't deny it. I mean, we're kind of teasing what's going to be my discussion point for so that happened here. Because let's be honest, good God, that entire division is garbage. But you know, let's just get through my dud and then we'll start so that happens because I, I'm going to lead off so that happens since we're basically segueing into it anyway. That's fair. All right. Um, we're going to talk more about this when we pour one out for the homers. But my dud for the week is the Buffalo Bills rushing defense. After getting absolutely thumped by Tennessee the week prior, including Derrick Henry treating Josh Norman like his own personal bitch. The Bills then went out and allowed 161 yards on 26 carries to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and another 20 carries for another 94 yards to the rest of the Chiefs offense as Kansas City puts up 245 yards on the ground and route to a 26-17 victory over Buffalo on Monday afternoon football. Very antithetical to the Chiefs' normal style, especially under Reed and Mahomes. But with the different conditions up in Buffalo in the first half of that game and how the defense was playing overall originally, it wasn't broke, so they didn't fix it. 
like the third lowest career passing yardage game for Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And that's saying something. Yeah. You know what the sucky part about it is? Is he threw for 225, which is, I mean, okay, I guess, but significant. Sorry, I have hiccups. Significantly lower than he averages. He still put up 100 yards more than Josh Allen did in that game. Yeah. I got some questions to ask about that when we pour one out for the homers. They're not hypocritical questions because I can't talk, but they're questions nonetheless. 14 of 27 for 122. You know what the sad thing is? Allen's quarterback rating was actually better than Mahomes' in this game. <laughs> that is such a useless fucking stat. I'm just saying. You know, that's why QBR was invented, because you have that and passer rating and all kinds of math. It even gets me confused from time to time. All right, let's move on to, so, that happened. Uh, Eric, I'm going to play Karnak for a moment. Are you ready? Ready. 5-18-1. Oh, 5-18-1. Those numbers sound familiar. What is the combined record of the NFC East Ooh. six weeks into the season? Ooh. It's, I mean, we're six weeks in. Am I wrong in saying that leading your division at two and four is atrocious? I'm saying that this is grounds for them to take away the better the division winners get to host the wild card games. They still won't do it. No. They won't do it. Because the fact of the matter is, is you're looking at a probable seven and nine, seven, eight, and one winner in the NFC East this year, Too unless high. somebody gets hot. Unless somebody gets hot, and they're going to end up hosting a team that goes eleven and five, twelve and four. It's happened before a couple times. That division is a damn dumpster fire. I mentioned the fact that Dalton came in and is serviceable in his replacement of Dak Prescott this year and serviceable enough to win the division because he's still the second best quarterback in that division. The Washington starter is Alex Smith, apparently, because Kyle Allen got benched. And Alex Smith did absolutely nothing this past week. Clearly, he looks scared to be on a football field. It's tough to watch. Wait, did he get... No, Kyle Allen played last week. Yeah, Kyle Allen didn't get benched. Didn't Alex Smith start the game? No. It was I all Alex Smith. Yeah, it was the plan for if Kyle Allen was healthy enough for him to start, and he did. <laughs> well, either way, Alex Smith still looks scared, and Kyle Allen was barely competent in Carolina. Carson Wentz can't stay healthy, and that Philadelphia Eagles defense is doing them no favors. The Giants are, well, the Giants, let's be honest. <laughs> and then Dallas at 2-4 and four leads the pack. Fun fact, Eric. Mm -hmm. Do you know where 2-4 and four would land you in pretty much every other division? I would say either third or last. In the NFC West, it lands you dead last. Every other division, it would have you third at best. 
Yep. Do you want Do you want an even more fun fact? Sure, Randy, hit me. The Jets would still be last in that division. <laughs> but but not well, by I mean, much. Not by much. <laughs> we, we'd have more of a, of a hope to win the division at that point. Hey, look at the bright side. Don't you guys still play the Cowboys later this year? No, we get the yeah. NFC West. It's fantastic. Oh, that's right. We're playing... We're playing the NFC West this year. That's right. Because Buffalo beat the Rams earlier this year. And then I think we play the Seahawks in a couple of weeks. Win's a win, homie. Win's a win. You wouldn't know anything about that as a Jets fan. No. I I do. I I see the other team do it every week. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. My so that happened is the absolute disgusting lack of mediocrity. Because you can't even call the division mediocre right now. My so that happened is the dumpster fire that is the NFC least. I mean East. Well, Eric, so. Oh, go ahead. No, I was actually going to set up a nice little segue for you. <laughs> Segway! Eric. Going from a collection of teams that are sub-500 to... A less of a dumpster fire that is still sub-500. Jason, so that happened, the New England Patriots. This happens to be after their 18-12 loss to the Denver Broncos. Do not adjust your computer. You heard that correctly. Or your cell phone, depending on how you're listening to this podcast. We don't discriminate. True, true. If you're on the road, you know. Mad respect to that, especially if you're using your system while you're driving. Kudos to you, staying safe. But after that 18-12 to 12 loss to Denver, the Patriots are now below 500 after six weeks of the season for the first time since 2002. I mean, I get that you're changing the system. I get that a lot of... Pl- top players opted out but the whole argument about Brady and him and being in a system kind of going away a little bit I'm kind of beginning to understand why Belichick wanted to keep Garoppolo oh yes oh yes Randy I think all of us still had New England as the playoff team do you think the Patriots can bounce back from the 2-3 and start here yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's still the Patriots. Without Tom Brady, that's fine. I mean, how many times? I mean, obviously not under 500, but how many times were we into week five, week six, week seven, and everyone's going, I don't know if the Patriots are the same Patriots. And then they will get into that the fall, winter months and be just fine. Uh, taking no excuses. They played terrible. It's the only game that I got wrong in the morning, and of course it was my eliminator pick, which is fantastic. But I'm I'm not calling them dead by any means. Just I mean, Eric, a, until they are eliminated from the the postseason, I I still think they have a chance. Eric, remind me to download the Price Is Right sale music and send it to you for the soundboard. Deal, deal. Okay. Okay. Oh. Randy. Womp 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 womp. It's, it's, it's deserved. But on the plus side, you're you're not dead last by yourself in the Eliminator. We'll get to that when we have our I'm a Survivor segment here in just a few moments. Um, Randy, why don't you go to your show that happens so that way we can give Eric a little bit of downtime before his. Yeah, so 
It's finally time in Miami. It is two a time. As he came in at the end of the Jets game through two passes. And I, I can't say whether he looked good or not. I mean, it was junk time against the Jets, and they were both like three yard passes. But it, it was two a really for cool. Two. two for two for nine yards. Yeah. I mean, he was just out there to, to, to run the clock out, and that's fine. I'm not saying we learned anything from it, and we neither should should we have. I love the the the, the thing wait, after wait, wait, the wait. game where he went out on the field Is and kind of just soaked it in. Just shows that you know, yeah, he he understands the power of that moment. But wait, I do que- I do you, question it. Hmm? Did you get the importance of that moment actually? Because it's apparently it was even more so than we thought. I didn't realize this. That was the same field he got hurt on. Oh, was it? Yeah, I didn't realize that either. Oh, yeah, they even showed, like, pictures and stuff after the game. He went full uniform on the 15-yard line, Mm -hmm. sat there, and FaceTimed his parents afterwards. Where he's sitting on the field is the exact spot he got injured while playing for Alabama. It's pretty cool. But I do question going to him now. I understand it's, it's part of their plan and this was the plan all along even though COVID kind of messed up the plans I, I think when they got their schedule and I said this on the radio show R&R Sports Report KLCZ.com gotta get that plug in Tuesday nights at 6pm Pacific 9pm yes. Eastern 2 hours we're, long we're trying to do it on Facebook but things were giving us issues this week so we're still working on that um, I, I think that their original plan was perfect I believe it was week 10 they were going to play the Jets, and then they were on bye week, week 11, and then they played the Jets again right after the bye week, week 12. So I think the original plan was have Ryan Fitzpatrick play the first game against the Jets, say two is our starter going forward, give him that whole week to get ready to play that exact same team he just watched Ryan Fitzpatrick play. Unfortunately, with the way COVID moved things around, the first game with the Jets happened this week. Their bye week is next week. And then good luck to uh, you get the Rams and Cardinals, who both have a way better defense than the Jets. I think he will be fine, and I, I, I wish him luck because he seems like a really nice kid, and the Jets aren't trying to win anything anyway, so I, I, I'm I not rooting against any AFC East team because it just doesn't matter. So it's a cool story, and I hope he does well, but I, I, I think, think if, if you're Tua or Miami, you wish that COVID never happened so he was playing the Jets in his first game, not the Rams. I think it's a mistake. And the reason I think it's a mistake is because six games into the season, the Dolphins are 3-3 three and three and in second place in the AFC East. And this turnover at starting quarterback could affect the whole team because I do believe that Ryan Fitzpatrick is better suited to lead that team than Tua Tagovailoa is. I they completely went in, agree. Listen, they, went into, they went into that season, or this season, having no interest in the playoffs. This was a rebuild. That was what last year was. Understand it's, it's, that it's part of their process. So I mean, they're sticking to their plan, even though it kind of got tricked up a little bit. See, I understand that that was part of the plan, but realistically speaking, with an expanded postseason and finding yourselves at 500 after three after six games, I feel like you stick with the hand that's gotten you to where you are here. I think you stick with Patrick going well, forward. So, for now. so here's my question. I understand. To take fandom out of it, because fans, we, we talk about it with rankings and and stuff. Fans want to see postseason and this stuff. But does making the wild card and getting eliminated in the first round really mean anything? In some to ways, an organization? yes. In some ways, yes. To or, Miami, yes. 
because it, solidif- it solidifies that they're a team on the upswing. But so does this. They're a good team. They had a great end of last year. They're a good team. Now they're bringing in a rookie quarterback, and if they don't make the playoffs, they got him all of the time to practice and everything anyways. It's not going to change anything if they go 6-10 and 10 now or get that number seven seed and get crushed by Baltimore. Okay, so but you're still saying that you want them to do what the Giants did with Eli Manning. Long-term, it worked out, well, 502 Super Bowls. But for that particular season, lest we forget, Kurt Warner had led them to a 5-3 and three record. They put Eli Manning in, made him the starter. He went the second half of the season 1-7. and seven. I get that. Fine. I get that sometimes the long-term thing is better, but at this point, especially for 2020 like this, where we don't know what's happening, I would rather have Fitzpatrick in as long as possible. Plus, give every extra precaution for Tua to get healthy. Then later on in the season, or even 2021, you know Tua's the guy. But but you said something, and then that proves my point. They did that with Eli, and they got two Super Bowls. Long term. Long term. That's that what season... Miami's looking at is long term. Yes, but at the same time, yes, and this is why I say I completely understand that, but if you're a team trying to get at least some semblance of success to show that you're not a dumpster fire, especially in a city like Miami, just like that season in New York, you can push back the long term because you know it's still there and you can get a little bit of short-term success in the meantime to make everything even better. Because lest we forget what happened the following season, even with Eli, regardless, wasn't really fair. I'm I'm willing to take a wait-and-see approach when it comes to Tagovailoa. One, I just enjoy saying Tagovailoa. It's fun. Two, I, I want the kid to do well. I do, and I can call him a kid. I'm a decade older than he is. Jeez, quit making the two of us both feel old, man. I know, right? God, I keep getting older and they stay the same age. All right, all right, all right. Anyway. Well, I mean, in certain certain circumstances, that's not... Family show! (laughs) Cutting that off right now. (laughs) All right. Back to my point with Miami, though. I think that when it comes to Miami, the AFC East right now, especially with Buffalo's defensive struggles the last two games, is wide open. I think New England's going to bounce back. I don't think they're going to stay sub-500 for most of the season. I know people that are hope that they will, just so we can kind of see the end of the era of Bill Belichick up in, up in Foxborough. But I don't think New England will stay sub-500. I don't know what Buffalo is going to have, especially given the fact that our schedule has been brutal these last four weeks. And... Miami is just as much in the thick of things in the AFC East right now as anybody else is, uh, other than the Jets. Sorry, Randy. That's okay. Think of it this way. You're 4-2. and two. The only, technically speaking, Buffalo's two games ahead of Miami right now, even though they're officially one game ahead of Miami. Mm-hmm. Because a, tie, a tiebreaker would go to Buffalo due to the fact that Buffalo beat Miami in week three. Mm-hmm. So... You would think that if you have the opportunity to make a run at the postseason, which the Dolphins do in this current state, that you would stick with the hand that brought you there. We'll see how it plays out for them. I'm not saying it's a good decision. I'm not saying it's a bad decision. I'm saying it's a decision that could come back and bite Miami in the ass, though. 
completely. I, I only completely agree that agree. it could bite them in the ass, not because it, they might not make the postseason, but because Aaron Donald might kill that poor kid. That's what I, that's, where I'm worried about. And that's another thing that you brought up, too, is quality of defensive opposition that they're going to be facing the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Fitzpatrick is going to be much more capable of handling that because he knows what he's getting into. Tago Vailoa played two snaps where he had two passes, two short passes over the middle against the Jets defense that, let's be honest, has given up on the season already. The Los Angeles Rams are in the thick of things in a crowded NFC West. The Arizona Cardinals might be the second best team in the NFC West right now. You were throwing that kid to the wolves for his first opportunities against two defenses that will have absolutely no problem putting him back on the shelf. Not to mention, and this is part of it and why I mentioned, with him specifically, injury. I mean, let's face it, with everything going on with the hip, one wrong hit from either of those defensive lines, he's done done. And you don't want to see that. Not now. All right, Eric. I'm going to need you to do me a favor. Yeah, yes. I'm going to need you to send me, I'm gonna need you to send me the spelling of Tygo Vailoa so that way I can have it correctly in the show preview. Okay. I can send that in. And while you're working on that, let's, on. Also, get to, let's also get <laughs> to your show that happened. Well, I was mentioning this in the group chat because, like always, the AP rankings come out, as well as the coaches' poll, but let's face it, the AP is more important. There was a little bit of a surprise in those AP rankings, right at either 24 or 25, if I remember correctly? 25. 25, thank you. And it's especially surprising to most but not to all of us because there was a certain someone that benefited off of this team on this show earlier in the season uh two certain someones on the show benefited from this team actually precisely call if you recall my pick last week randy's pick week one that's right well your faith in them has paid off as for the first time in school history Les Chanteclair de Coastal Carolina are ranked I am legitimately impressed and honestly I think with the way that things have gone so far and with their schedule they deserve it I mean you gotta give them credit for uh, making sure that they maintain a level of opposition that is real I mean let's be honest Kansas is a subpar big 12 team but they're still a Power 5 school. And Ulala was coming off of arguably their biggest win in school history, knocking off K-State at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Or not K-State, Iowa State, sorry. Uh, Art State beat uh, K-State. So Ulala is still coming off of their biggest win in school history, taking down Iowa State at the start of the season. This is a huge moment for the Sun Belt, too. Because did you know... That for the first time in conference history, the Sun Belt has had at least one team ranked in every AP Top 25 poll released this season. Uh, Coastal Carolina, and I believe before that, who would it have been? Was you? Was Ulala? Yeah. Oh, that's right. It was them because I was thinking that there were also one or two others after their big wins also ranked. There was a. 
I do believe there was a third team that got in from the Sun Belt as well. It, was, uh, it might have been App State. That's who I was thinking about. But yeah, it's it, this is really a banner first half of the season for the Sun Belt. And hmm, if only Randy, they were a Power Five. Randy, we've talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the show, and I know your opinions about these early season polls here. But even you have to admit, to a conference like the Sun Belt, the exposure that they're getting from this top, this top 25 ranking for its schools is nothing but beneficial to the conference's overall viewpoint among the college football fans in general. For the fans, sure, at least for them. I don't think it changes anything for the Sun Belt, not now. Now, if the Sun Belt goes out and wins a few bowl games and stuff, I think that benefits them more than anything. But, I mean, you look over the last decade – of Boise State, that didn't make the whack any better, right? Or subsequently the Mountain West. West. They were in the whack for a while, right? I mean, it's, they started yes. in one, yeah. Or the Mountain West. They, they moved so, to the Mountain West when the whack dropped um, football in the that's right. in the um, FCS. But I mean, it didn't make either of those conferences that much better for what I mean what they were going through but it did improve the reputation of Boise State enough that you've seen it associated with potential jumps to a big but 12 or their their ranking didn't their win over Oklahoma did which I would argue the fact that they're as consistent as they have been with their with their progress and with their their the eyes that they get nationwide because of their rankings is what's getting the other yeah, conferences. Yeah, and, and if, if Coastal Carolina can do this over the next few years, they'll be like a Boise State or a UCF kind of had that for a few years where they were that quote-unquote lower-level team that was really good every year. That was the one team you can expect to try to mess up the playoffs by trying to go undefeated and, and just dominate their opponents. And uh, I, Again, I don't want to take everything away from the rankings I, I just don't care till we're near the end of the season and and the way this season goes it's tough to care at all because again I mean how many teams are in the Big Ten that are in the rankings and are playing their first game this weekend so it's it's a popularity contest and I, I just I don't get into it that much fair enough yeah all right I get it but yeah well, real quick here, um, I, I don't know, I think it's uh, early November, but Marshall once again finds themselves ranked as we head towards the anniversary, the 50th anniversary of the We Are Marshall crash. Yeah, not to mention the fact to look at all of your teams, I mean, even, and we talked about the somewhat of a mockery that is the Pac-12, not even your college football blue bloods like USC are even getting a sniff. To be fair, the Pac-12 has been garbage the last couple of years. I'm not disagreeing with you, but that also I adds mean, to the point. Utah had a chance until Oregon bitch slapped them last year, which I do believe one of us on this show called happening. True. That was me. All right, let's move on. It's time for I'm a Survivor. Um, Two different people actually got their pick wrong last week. Uh, Eric, we'll start with Mama Watkins' pick for this week. As her Green Bay pick did not work out well, and Tampa Bay put a whooping on the pack. Okay, and this actually leads to a little bit of a 
discussion and a bit of a house rules question, for I am in a bit of a quandary. Did she take somebody's pick? She didn't take anybody's pick, but she had, so men she had mentioned about the possibility of me picking for her. I wanted to give a legitimate chance to see if this was okay, because if it is, there is one team that she had mentioned that I will go ahead and throw it out there, but if not, she's okay with that too. Just pick the team that she would have went with. Pittsburgh. Uh, against Tennessee, though, that's a tough pick. Okay, I, I can definitely tell you I, I would have stayed away from that game. Yeah, she had mentioned that because of how the Steelers are going and them being one of her favorite teams, and that's about it. <laughs> well, Randy, you got up to two at least. I just, I can't. At least I got my other pick right, so it wasn't completely terrible. But well, I, is the curse completely over because it got up to two? I, I'm going to go back to the old faithful and pick against my Jets, so I, I hope I don't curse you there, Harry, but I'm taking your Buffalo Bills. Great. Buffalo gets to be the Jets' first win. Thanks for that, Randy. Appreciate it. Oh, it is, it's worked positively. I just hope I okay, don't do so to then, you. I just don't What you did I to the Niners? Win. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to bring it up. I'm sorry. You hope you don't do to us what you did to the Niners? Well, the good news is, yeah. is this game's in Buffalo, not MetLife. Uh, no, it's not. It's, all... it's, it's in MetLife. Because <laughs> opened back to back weeks. Oh, that was last year. Damn it. Great. We're not injured enough going into this game. Now we're going to end up putting. We're going to break Josh, the game. In Josh Allen, I apologize for what I just did to you and your leg. We're going to end up breaking the MRI machine again, aren't we? Now remember, Bill's Mafia at Randy Isbell on Twitter. At Randy Isbell. I-S-B-E-L-L-E. Listen, but you, Eric. <laughs> but if you want to send your hate mail, hate emails, oh. remember, s.armor oh. at gmail.com. <laughs> We're playing the hits now. I love it. All right. Uh, in third place, currently, with one game in a row correct, is Jason. And let me pull this back up because I just had it and I closed it in order to get to, in order to get my notebook out. Jason is picking the Saints over. Hold on, I gotta look it up. Eric, do you know New Orleans is playing this week? Carolina. Thank you. Jason's taking New Orleans over Carolina as a survivor pick. Yeah, funny in... thing about that. <laughs> uh, are we gonna dun dun dun? We are. Dun dun dun. Dramatic reverb. In second place currently with two in a row is Eric. You cannot pick the Cardinals or the Colts. Thankfully, thankfully. And yeah, I figure just for, you know, everything that's going on, a little bit of a, I can't quite say the opposite of revenge, but maybe a little bit of a sequel, I am picking the Bucks, who were going Sunday night to Vegas, I think they're going to get a W. Seriously, does somebody want to tell me how Tampa Bay and Las Vegas constitutes a Sunday night football game? 
because Tom Brady, John Gruden. I mean, Josh, Josh Jacobs, yeah. Derek Carr's played proficiently enough this season. The Raiders are coming off of the big win over Kansas City before their bye last week. And their combined records are 7-4. and four. A 636 winning percentage. Precisely. See, I'm because not the math. only one that does math on this show. I do what I can, Eric. I, I do what I can. All right, you know what? Fuck it, it's worked for me in the past. I'm going to try it again. I'm defending a six-game winning streak, which in case you're wondering, we just finished week six of the season. I have not lost yet this year. I'm proud of that. But it's getting harder because I've used a lot of the good teams already. See, this is why I had my strategy. You pick the mediocre teams at the beginning of the season and you just hope for the best. Yeah, and that worked for four weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. <laughs> All right. Um, who can suck worse in the NFC least? Holmes team on Thursday night football going with the stat that we had a couple of weeks ago from Randy that the home team was 10-0 and in the last 10 Thursday night games. Obviously, uh, Jacksonville did not help that. Sorry, yeah. Eric. Yeah, yeah, we ruin things Te around here. We get it. Technically, Buffalo didn't help it either because that was supposed to be the Thursday night game, and Kansas City came into Buffalo and won. But I say a return to status quo as the Philadelphia Eagles take down the New York football Giants. It would just be poetic justice if Philadelphia becomes the first team since, I think, the 60s. No, wait, 1970, maybe? To come up with two ties in a season. Don't you put no tie voodoo on. Technically, a tie is as good as a win. It would continue my streak. I just wouldn't get the W7. I would still be the W6. It would basically be a no contest. Mm -hmm. All right, so we move on. There's your I'm a survivor picks for the week. Gentlemen, I've got a question. I possibly uh, have an answer. Here's hoping. All right, so the last time we did this, Eric won the toss. That means Randy gets to go first this week. College, NFL, or the combination question? I'm very curious about your NFL question. Give me that one. All right, so these, the little clue that I gave these gentlemen was last team standing. There are three undefeated teams left in the NFL right now. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the Tennessee Titans, and the Seattle Seahawks. Randy, of those three teams, who's the last one to have a loss hung on them? Well, I think we're going to know that answer after this week, and we'll get to that later. I think it's the winner of the Steelers-Titans game. Give me the Titans. I think the Titans are the last remaining undefeated team out there. And I have to ask, I know Derrick Henry is the stud there, but is it awkward to put Tannehill in your top five MVP so far this season? No. Guys been playing pretty damn good. That, that team is more complete than people give credit for. I know the Steelers are very, very good as well. That game's going to be so much fun to watch. But with the Titans at home, I, I think the Titans will win that game and be the last remaining undefeated team. I live in a split market. Both teams are on the road. I have to watch Browns Bengals because fuck me. <laughs> I mean, but 
Quit laughing, Eric. It's not funny. No, I was going to say something, but you've been through enough, so I, I, I let that one go by me. I'll be on my tablet watching the Bills and the Jets anyway, so I really don't care. I, am, I apologize for that. No, no it's okay, because we're going to hang like 50 on you. It's cool. That's probably um, true. <laughs> it's no fun when he doesn't fight back. It is, Eric, I have no fight left. Eric, who's the last team standing in the NFL undefeated? I'm going to be honest. I'm going to kind of go the opposite because I think Russell Wilson, he's going to have some days where he's going to be one or two ingredients short and he can't cook. I'm going to go ahead and say Pittsburgh. I mean, it might not take that long after this Titans win, but... I think between Big Ben doing Big Ben things, their defense, the emergence of the great Canadian known as Mapletron, I think they can keep it rolling for another couple of weeks. Then it'll start to get hairy. Yeah, and the Steelers do get the Ravens next week, so that's going to be another good one. Things are going to start to get a little hairy, you say? Yeah. Segway, my pick. <laughs> um, I actually agree with you. I think it'll be the Pittsburgh Steelers. And spoiler alert, I think it's this week. Hmm. Okay. I kind I kind of stepped on somebody's toes there a little bit. I, I said it earlier. I stepped on my own toes earlier, so you can. But, you, hopefully, step on a different toe, please. If the other one's already hurt. Uh, okay. I'll get the other foot instead. How's that? Appreciate it. You Balance can, you can have. You can have matching. One would even say twinsies. <laughs> That's it. That's an off-air joke. That's gonna stay off-air. All right, let's move. <laughs> let's move on. Um, so that wraps up our prediction for the NFL question. Eric, choose college or NFL, or college or mixed. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go the college question. Well, you already know what it is. It literally says what it is. This uh-huh. is one of those instances where it's, it's pretty simple. It's pretty self-explanatory. When we did our college football conference picks. The Big Ten had not announced that it was going to play. Therefore, we did not predict the Big Ten. The Big Ten returns this Saturday with its first slate of college games, starting its way towards an eight-game season, I believe. Six and two? Yes, six plus two plus one. Yeah, yeah, the championship game, right. Six in the six opponents you have in your division, two from across, and then the championship Sunday and the championship Saturday. Yes. Who was your who was your Big Ten champion? Who do they defeat in the Big Ten final? Uh, with me, Ohio State, because I really don't think any other team is so close because of who Ohio State is bringing back. Sorry, Harry. And I've got them beating in a slight upset, but not really coming out of the West, Minnesota. You're picking the Gophers, don't you know? Of course. <laughs> I don't know what that's all about, Randy. I don't know who to pick. They're, they're, they're a big-time uh, deal. <laughs> Minnesota, yeah. Minnesota are the Canadians of America. It is true. All I get to do is hear most of them talk. All so, right. Go ahead, my, Randy. My pick, I don't know. And like. Ohio State seems like the no-brainer pick, and I don't want to make the no-brainer pick in this. 
But, I mean, Eric is right. They're bringing back a, a bunch of people. People that follow the team think that they could be better than they were even last year. But, man, this is 2020. Things don't go the way we all see fit. So I'm saying this is the year of John Harbaugh. Ooh. Give me the Michigan Wolverines because something has to finally get Harbaugh over that snide, and it might as well be the coronavirus. That's the only thing he hasn't tried yet. So uh, I'll take Michigan, and then I'll go with the, the quote-unquote favorite from the West. Uh, give me Wisconsin as the, the representative to lose to Michigan. Jason's actually picking a team from the West to win the Big Ten this year. He's taking Iowa, defeating Ohio State in the conference final. I'm going to get in on this one because I want to get in on this question. And I am going to, well, you know what? Fuck it. Eric, go big or go homer, right? Of course. I knew where you were going with this as soon as you said <laughs> that you were getting in. So my, my only question to you, who do you have them beating while you explain to the audience? All right, so those who are newer listeners, you don't know. Long-time listeners do. Obviously, I'm a diehard Florida Gator fan. That will not change, even though we lost to Texas A&M two weeks ago. That kind of sucked. And then we didn't even get to play last week because the entire team caught the Rona, apparently. Yeah, yeah, Dan Mullen. So about to have 90000 in the swamp, huh? <laughs> How's that going? Karma, thou art a biatch. Anywho. Um, go big or go homer. I am taking the Penn State Nittany Lions to win the Big Ten this year. Many people consider this to be the most talented Penn State team in a decade, with one major exception that I will mention real quick. Micah Parsons is remaining opted out for the season, which is disappointing because he is the backbone of that Nittany Lion defense. Um, Penn State takes down Whiskey in the Big Ten final. So I am also agreeing with Randy and taking Wisconsin as the representative for the Big Ten West. Mm. So obviously, since I'm agreeing with Randy, clearly we're both fucked. Yeah. So it's going to be Purdue. So don't worry about it. So that's how this year goes. No. no, you know, you know how shitty, you know how shitty uh, 2020 is. Northwestern. Fucking Illinois. Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> let's, not, let's not go crazy. <laughs> So there's your Big Ten predictions for the kickoff for 2020. You can put them in the vault with the rest of the predictions, like me taking Florida to win the SEC. Go big or go home or fuck it. Um, see, I actually see, did think the Gators were going to win the SEC, too. See, listeners. Can't believe we lost. can't believe we lost to A&M. What was that, Eric? See, listeners, this is why I am a realistic fan. I have proper expectations. Sometimes yeah, I throw well, things. Sometimes I get heavily inebriated, but it helps me stay realistic. Yeah, well, in fairness, we're not in a conference with Clemson, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, that said, Alabama looked really good against Georgia. See, even Saban was like, wait a minute, this test, please, I'm still coaching. This, this, no, mm -mm. <laughs> Which, can we touch on that real quick? Of course. What kind of voodoo bullshit allowed him to get three tests that quickly after a positive in order to be able to coach? Well, I mean, it's a rule that they had that also allowed a Texas A&M, I think it was either a volleyball or soccer player. <laughs> so Texas A&M kind of screwed you twice there, Harry. Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> All right, let's move on. That's 
Oh, wait, no, we can't move on. We still have one more question left, and I've got a question. My bad. <laughs> Brandy, you ready? Yes. All right, so the mixed question, the clue that I gave was quality of play, which could have been a number of different things. In this particular instance, buy or sell, you've been impressed with the quality of play in both college and the NFL, given the lack of practice time from both league, from both variations of football. Yeah, I think I'll buy that. Honestly, it doesn't feel that much different. I mean, I, I am a Jets fan, so my level of expectations for talent <laughs> on a field is low. But... We've had some really good games. I I think the defenses are starting to catch up to the offenses a little bit. I think the offenses definitely had the, the leg up, so we've seen a lot more points put up this year. But that's starting to even out just a little bit, and I think it'll get even closer as, as the temperatures go down. But if I was living under a rock for the last six months and came out just to watch football and had no idea Rona was going on, I, I wouldn't see anything different other than there's no fans in most of the stands but as far as the, the, the play on the field I don't see much different Eric by yourself that you have been impressed with the quality of play in both collegiate football as well as the National Football League I really am going to buy because with all of the talk about like Randy mentioned lack of preparation you know no real practices for a lot of these teams this and that I thought, man, the defenses are going to be really far behind and the offenses are going to basically be like, okay, do we still have everybody around? But for how much the over has been hitting, it hasn't been as astronomical as I thought. And things are shaking out pretty much how I anticipated one or two little outliers. So, yeah, I'm definitely impressed. This just shows how important a preseason is. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That wraps up I've Got a Question. And now we pour one out for the homers. Mm. Uh, Jason's not here. The Giants have the Thursday night game. We talked about potentially moving the show this week due to the fact that I wasn't feeling the greatest when we started recording. I'm starting to catch a second win. Hopefully you guys can tell as well. Yeah, we can. I sound, I sound a little bit more like myself than I did at the start of the show. That being said, the option was to move the show to Thursday night this week because, let's be honest, nobody cares about Philly and the Giants. The only reason that I did not want to do that was because of my I'm a Survivor pick and the fact that I got guff last week for taking Coastal Carolina while we were recording and the game had gone final, even though you, I put the game in before. You only recorded. got guff because you picked it before I could pick it. That was it. Well, Jason was pretty pissed off, too, because he actually tried to pick that game last week when it got postponed a week. Yeah, but again, it got postponed, and Jason's on assignment wrapping up his coverage with the Hoot Owls, so... <laughs> Did you hear the, uh, the newest team? No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. The Pennsylvania Dutch. They really turn away at the ball. Man, no wonder the wind was kind of blowing strange and I could hear all of those clogs from miles away. This explains a lot. <laughs> they get the hoot owls this week, from what I understand. The schedule's subject to change, you know, runner. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the hoot owls don't want any of that smoke. It'll smell great, but... It'll be bad for you. 
you think they can build a defense? Wait till you see them build a barn. All right. <laughs> moving on. Uh, West Virginia. I don't know who West Virginia plays. I have it pulled up in front of me, but the page refreshed. So while I look up his West Virginia game, Eric, why don't you go ahead and talk Miami Hurricanes football? Oh, okay. I anticipated a good bounce back game against the kind of strangely up and down pit team. So thank you, Comcast, for not only having my every single thing in my house go out at 2.30 in the morning. It's not like that's important or anything whatsoever. But between that and not having ACC Network, I was not able to watch the game in its entirety, but I did catch up on it a little bit. It's a performance that I was hoping to have, and I'm glad we did because now I know that we're not going to be in some kind of death spiral after what happened against Clemson. 31-19, I wish it was a little bit better, but at this point, still in the top 15 in the country, I will take it. West Virginia plays Texas Tech at 5.30 on ESPN2 this week. West Virginia's 2-1 in the Big 12 and towards the top of that conference, actually, right now. So this is... So this is a pretty important game against a lower-tier team in Texas Tech. I mean, if we get a Big 12 title game with the likes of West Virginia and Oklahoma State, just saying. Ain't nobody going to give a fuck. <laughs> we are oh no, two weeks. There are people that will. They're SEC fans. They know what that will mean for the playoff. Oh, Jesus, here we go. <laughs> uh, who does Miami get this week? I actually, give me one second myself. I believe you're on a bye, sir. Uh, I could have sworn that we already had oh, an open found date. It. Yeah, we found play Virginia. It. Oh. Mm, 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 mm. You ready for the you ready for the worst news? What? You play Virginia on the ACC network. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. Thanks, Comcast. No, no, more, no more national television for you guys. Thanks, Comcast. Cheers. Randy, Randy, I believe we are still two weeks away from, big, from Pac-12 football. Yeah, two. It's like the eighth or ninth, I think, of next month. Okay, so no West Virginia, no, no West Virginia, no Washington State to cover with you yet. Well, I will say yesterday was the two-year anniversary of College Game Day at at Pullman. Yes, and I was I relived some of that, and holy crap! Remember when people used to be able to stand that close to each other? Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> I, I only remember because there's footage, and there's a photo apparently. That Haley posted. Yeah. That's how I became best friends with Aaron Jones. Was that day. That's that's when my friendship happened with Aaron Jones. <laughs> to the NFL. And well, we're both going to pour one out for the homers for this game. So let's go ahead and talk Florida Gator football real quick first. Yeah. Okay. Um, actually, before we do that, I need to check one thing real quick here. So, Eric, I need you to kind of filibuster for a second. Well, I mean, filibuster with the what? You know, had that pretty much gut check against Texas A&M, 
and then you would have been able to bounce back against a very crappy LSU team, but then, you know, Rona happened. So you're in a little bit of a pickle right about now. Yeah, and you know what really sucks? The week after the LSU game is our freaking bye. We couldn't wait one week to catch the Rona. Well, again, Dan Mullen opened his mouth. That's what happens. (laughs) We talk about the football gods in our group chat, but (laughs) goddamn. I'm Um, telling you, you don't want to piss them off. Now you're seeing even more of the repercussions. That being said, my other team does get started this week. Yeah, who is Penn State playing in their opener? Penn State is nationally televised on Fox Sports 1 at 3.30 against the Indiana Hoosters. Hmm, okay. Pretty decent win right there. Should be. Last couple of years, we thumped Indiana before, but they have beaten us as a ranked team, so... My encouragement to Mr. Franklin and the boys is take no team lightly this year because crazy shit is happening. This is very true. All right, Randy. It is game two of two for the Bills and the Jets this year. And you're trying to voodoo curse me by taking the Bills and I'm a survivor. I don't appreciate that. Not cool. But at least you're not taking the Jacksonville Jaguars is what Eric would probably say. Indeed, because we have Listen, suffered enough. You don't have to worry. The Jets are more powerful than my voodoo. Well, I mean, I, I really thought the Jets might have had a chance to beat the Bills until their two big trades this week. So you've gotten lucky, and the Jets let you off the hook. Yes, because if there was one player that was going to make a difference in this match, it was Steve McClendon. And, and Jordan Willis got traded to the 49ers today for a. 2022 sixth round pick. Oh, oh, okay. The, the Jets are just trying not to have anybody. Wait, at least you're actually getting players for your for your player. Remo- at least you're getting picks for your player player removal. We just cut Quentin Stain today. Well, I mean, we the Jets did. We talked about it last week. They cut Le'Veon Bell. So I mean, they didn't get anybody for him. But man, we're get we're we're stacking up the sixth round picks. That's all I know. Oh. Riddle me this, because after we saw a heartbroken Ryan Fitzpatrick after losing the starting job in Miami, there's been some rumors swirling around about a trade. Wouldn't you welcome him back to your Jets with open arms? No, he might win a game. (laughs) More to the point, what kind of message does that send to Sam Darnell if you trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick? The same as trading everyone else. And honestly, Ryan Fitzpatrick's not heartbroken. He was the, the biggest cheerleader for Tua no, in Miami. He, He's super l- excited. Literally look at his quotes. He said, even though he is super excited, his heart is broken. And that well, being demoted this time feels different. I don't know. Because he was I on a winning team, up, finally. I don't know why he's that upset about it. He just became the highest paid backup in the NFL. Yeah, but at the same time, he was actually doing half decent. I mean, we haven't seen this version of Ryan Fitzpatrick since his days in Buffalo. So I, I sent you guys a stat a couple weeks. I don't think we talked about it on the, the, the show. And again, I, I'm still saying tanking for, for Trevor, even though I'm still unsure whether the Jets should then trade the number one pick. Or trade Sam Darnold. Obviously, you can't have both. Rumored, but nothing official. But the stat just keeps getting worse for that one where I sent you guys what the Jets have been 
since Sam Darnold became a Jet for when he's not on the field. I want to say they're now 0-9. They average 9 points a game. And even worse, they average less than 100 yards of offense. I think the number that I saw was like 79.2, but then that was going into this week. It's obviously not Sam Darnold's fault. Everyone is garbage on that team. Well, but I mean... Uh, I I just have to say, Sam Darnold is going to be the next Ryan Tannehill. But but to be fair, number one is Adam Gase. Number two... Go ahead, Harry, real quick. Real quick. So what So what you're saying, it's just the Sam Darnold is going to be the next Brandon Tannehill. So you mean that means he's not going to suck on the next team he goes to? Yes. That's he's going to have a resurgence once he gets out away from the Jets and away from Adam Gase. Well, I mean, All right, continue, to, be fair, to be fair, you witnessed something a little historic with the Jets and the Dolphins. This was the first time that the Dolphins had shut out anybody in years, and this is the first time that the Dolphins shut out the Jets since the 1982 AFC Championship game. Yes, it was a strike-shortened season, but still, hashtag Squidbit. Um, can I throw in a stat of my own, and I'm going to apologize in advance? <laughs> Go ahead. I do believe this is now the longest streak to start a season of losing by losing by multiple scores. Yup. It's not going to end anytime soon. Okay, let's talk about the elephant in the room as well. Why the fuck did you try to kick a field goal at the end of that game? He tried to screw over my fantasy team because I had the Miami Dolphins defense. That's why he did it. I don't know. It's Adam Gase. I, I'm not going to try to apologize or figure out or make excuses for anything that man does. Like, we didn't discuss it last week, because Cincinnati did the same thing against Baltimore the week prior, where they kicked a field goal down 27 nothing at the end of the game in order to avoid the shutout, which apparently pissed off Baltimore players because they felt that it was poor form. And Wink Martindale, too. The game show host? No, Don Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator. Although Wink Martindale uh, and Wink Martindale are pretty good friends. I, I mean, feel that, like that's, this... that's not as cool as Will Smith hitting a home run off Will Smith. You shut the fuck up, Randy. I apologize for the, the, the result of that series, but that was pretty cool. The belief is that was going to be the moment that the universe got set right. <laughs> right. I mean, again. Uh, did any wait? Did anyone else think we were going to get a um, the fan moment or uh, a naked gun moment? And Will Smith, the actor, was going to pull off the umpire mask. That would have been hilarious. Is that just me? It would have been hilarious, and I mean, look, Harry, it's not like Atlanta teams haven't blown leads before. I mean... Oh, Christ, (laughs) here we go. I wanted to avoid that so bad, but the moment was there. I saw the meme, the Bulldogs (laughs) against Bama, the Falcons against Dallas and New England. Yeah, I saw the meme. Dallas, New England, and Chicago. WCW versus the WWE. I mean, lest we forget, the only team that can really close out games is Atlanta United, so... Did I really get nothing for that joke from Harry? What the hell? Talk about the ultimate no-sell. <laughs> Death stare. 
<laughs> God, he just Hulk Hogan'd me. Straight up no selling my shit. No, Hulk Hogan would be immediately making a comeback after you hit your big move. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> For more information about the world of professional wrestling, check out Wrestling to... Oh, never mind. <laughs> HateMailS.Garmer at gmail.com. All right, moving on. <laughs> I think that wraps us up for um for pour one out for the homers, does it not? Yes. Oh wait, no, there's one more there's one more pathetic Buffalo stat I need to share about from Monday night's game. Clyde Edwards Hilaire had more yards than the entire Buffalo Bills offense did. Okay. Now we're done with pour one out for the homers. <laughs> I don't drink, but that stat's close to enough. <laughs> Eric have one for me. Oh, trust me, I already did. <laughs> Randy, what is your what is your beverage of choice this evening's podcast? I actually don't have anything with me. I forgot to bring anything in. I'm ready for this show to get done, so I can go get something to drink. I got my Coca-Cola beside the bed, and trust me, it's enough to drive you to drinking. All right, let's move on here. <laughs> that takes us to our final segment of the night. It is now time for us to ask the most important question of the show. Eric? Randy, are you serious? Apparently, I'm not. You know who is, though? You know who is, though? Holy shit, guess who won last week's picks? Randy. Good job. See, at least you know how to feel like a winner at some point. Yeah, and I even took an Atlanta team that didn't blow their lead. (laughs) Randy beat me by half a fucking point. Hey. It should have been more, but Atlanta did give up a bit of their lead, which was disappointing. It was much higher for a little bit. And I should have won both picks. Boston College was in it until the middle of the third quarter and then just stopped playing football. Yeah, yeah. I know how that feels many, many times. They forgot forgot how to football. It really did. It was disappointing. I I really – last week was the one time where I felt really confident about going 2-0. All right. Real sick, real quick, because I do this every three weeks here on the show. No, you don't uh, have to. You don't have to. Mm-mm. Straight up victories. I have seven. Randy has five. Jason has three. Eric, well, we'll get you one eventually, buddy. Yeah. Um... He's the New York Jets of the podcast. It's so great. No, oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I can handle Michael Strahan. Really, Randy? Really? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> he just put that voodoo on you something serious. And, and Eric, we're friends. I like you. But I'm not even a, I'm not even a fan of Eric over here, and he's, he's getting crushed. I don't understand. <laughs> not even my voodoo. Oh, no, that is your problem. You're friends. That's why he sucks. Oh, you should unfriend me from Facebook. You might get a pick right. Don't put it past him. He might try that. I mean, my phone and my computer are within reach at this point. Well, I will say this. I think Eric has a better chance of getting an outright win this week in college than I do. Damn it. See, you say these things and then look at what would happen. Uh, um, Eric, sharp line in Vegas is considered around 60% against the spread, right? Oh, 58 to 60%, yes. What would you do if I told you I'm 75% against the spread this year? I would say, okay, here's my account, hashtag bet on Bovada. 
Here's my login. Here's my password. Here's a few bucks. Make me some money. I am nine and three against the spread this year going with our 12 picks thus far in our series. Jason Jason is six and six. Randy's five and seven. Eric is three and nine. So with that being said, we now move over to, I have to pull up the other, the other window on my phone in order to get to the actual picks here. And I am going to take Navy plus 14 against Houston. I was tempted to pick that game. I know Navy didn't work out so well for Eric in week one that didn't count in college football. I I, tried to warn him. Yeah, 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 did you really have to keep? I get it. I learned my lesson, damn it, not learning how to damn tackle damn BYU in 55 to... (laughs) 3.30 p.m. American Athletic Football on CBS Sports Network. Houston at Navy with Navy as a 14-point underdog at home. Yeah, I like those numbers. I don't necessarily know that Navy wins this game, but they definitely keep it closer than 14. Jason's pick is, I do believe, in the American Athletic as well. It is. I have to find it because he didn't give me an opponent. There it is. Yeah, about to say. Friday night. Friday night at 7.30 on ESPN, South Florida is plus 10 against Tulsa at home as well. So me and Jason both have that in common. We are taking home underdogs in American Athletic Conference games. Randy, Boston College lets you down after North Carolina State put up the second largest victory of the season in college football this year for you. How do you try to bounce back? Uh, By not attempting to get a win. And actually, the number even moved up since I last looked. Anytime you're going to give me 46 points, I'm going to take it. I have zero chance of winning this game. And that's okay. I'm in second place for that. I'm just trying to cover the spread. I am going nuts. I'm taking Syracuse against Clemson and just hoping they keep it within 50. Oh, yeah, because that strategy worked out fantastic for me by picking UMass. Well, they you, were 30, uh, you, you, you struggled. They were 30-point underdogs and got shut out 41 to nothing. And you know what? If if I lose 41 to nothing, I still win. <laughs> and, and if somehow Syracuse pulls off the upset of the decade, that's a lot of points I just gained. Look, if Syracuse pulls off the upset of the decade... Um, I might be flying up to Idaho. I don't know what's going to happen after that, but yeah. <laughs> I'm, he did just call you the Jets. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, I hear Wayward Pines is a very lovely little town in that area. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I just thought about it. There is even more reason for me to pick Syracuse and think that they might win. Trevor Lawrence might be thinking... Syracuse, New York, New York, Jets. I don't want to play for the Jets. I have to suck. And he's just going to play terrible so the Jets don't take him. Is that game in the Carrier Dome by chance? It's uh, at Clemson. Uh, hope they yep. hang a hundred on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did just hang 73 on Georgia Tech, so I believe it's possible. Yeah, Trevor, just go out and again, 
we will not send any scouts. Nobody from Jacksonville or New York will even watch that game. Go ahead and throw seven or eight touchdowns in the first half. You'll be just fine. <laughs> so, Randy, what you're saying is Clemson's rallying cry this week should be, I believe. I believe that we will. I believe that we will cover. I believe yes. that we will cover. <laughs> That's exactly what this should be. <laughs> I believe we won't lose by 46. <laughs> All right, Eric, wrap us up. Who's your college pick for the week? I'm going in a local, bit of a local in-state rivalry, especially after what North Carolina State did last week and uh, the well, implosion that was the Tar Heels. I, I, I think the Wolfpack can do it again. Give me NC State plus 16. Yeah, what the hell was up with the egg that North Carolina laid against Florida State? <laughs> It, it, it's North Carolina, and it's football still. And, again, it's the ACC. Something had to happen. I mean, good grief. I know I had North Carolina as my upset victim two weeks ago. I had them on alert against uh, against um, Boston College. I then said that they were going to lose to Virginia Tech, and then they proceeded to hang 56 on the Hokies. Frank Beamer ball, it no longer is for sure. That being said... I don't think any of us saw the Florida State loss coming this past Saturday. Mm, mm -mm. No, but this could potentially help me if they start that that spiral. As I'm watching my Rays, as they just evened up the World Series at a game apiece, thankfully. Congratulations. So Jason's going to be the difficult one this week. Jason is picking the Monday night football game, and I'm not going to lie. If he hadn't, I probably would have. Yeah, maybe maybe you should have, Harry. Maybe you should have. Jason is taking the Chicago Bears plus six at the Los Angeles Rams. Randy. Well, I, I, I thought about going one way, but I've been so mean with Eric that I'm not going to take the Jaguars plus eight. Um, Interrupt us by Harry. I am Jacksonville plus eight against the Chargers. It's, it's better for Eric that way that I, I don't do it. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Seahawks, one of the three undefeated teams. I don't think they last this week. I know they're coming off a bye, but I liked what I saw from Arizona. You know, Kyle, Kyle Murray gets so much praise, but he he's kind of a Josh Allen lately. His His accuracy has been really rough. But he comes away with, with some huge plays when they need to. The thing that really stuck out to me was Kenyon Drake really got going. Maybe that running game will help kind of balance out the offense. And that defense is really underrated. I, I, I know that Ezekiel Elliott was fumbling the ball left and right. But Buda Baker's fantastic. And so is the rest of that Cardinals defense. I say they give the Seahawks their first loss. Give me the Cardinals plus three and a half. Eric, wrap us up. Well, remember how I mentioned earlier we were talking about how certain games and especially certain survivor picks, and uh, I kind of teased where I was going with that? Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. I know Jason's going to hate me for this, and it may or may not be a trip to South Alabama in my future, but... At this point, especially with Teddy Two Gloves himself, 
And with the way that this division is going, nothing could be finer than being in Carolina. Panthers plus 7.5 against New Orleans. I thought you were about to pick the Giants plus 4.5 against the Eagles. I'm sorry, what? No. Oh, yeah. Woo. <laughs> 20 to 19 against the football team after they stopped the two point conversion. You think I'm touching that division? I mean, I went there, but in fairness, I kind of did my picks last minute because I haven't been feeling well. <laughs> I'm also starting to lose my voice again. Yeah, I, th- I saw that and I'm like, no. Like I said, it would be very awesome if the Eagles started their season 1-4-2. and two. I mean, I, I would technically keep my 16 winning streak going into week 8. So, you know, I can't complain. I'll take it. Not to, mention they would, it. not to mention they could potentially hop back into the division lead with that record. <laughs> when does Philly play? Has Philly played Dallas yet this year? I don't think so. Not yet. I don't believe so either. I think Randy's looking it up as we speak. While Randy looks that up, we have one more segment no. that we have to get to here on this. They have not? Okay, cool. Right, next week. Next week's the first one. All right. It's not a national game, is it? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, sun- Sunday night. Oh, I hope they I hope they flex schedule that game out. Is that? Or, I forget when flex start, scheduling starts. Week eight. I think next week is the first week they can do it. And they just better right. hope and pray. <laughs> do me a favor, Eric. Yeah, you. Filibuster for a few seconds so I can get a drink real quick. Yeah, um, well, at this point, I mean, I've already had my hard coffee, and I honestly, in a little bit of contemplation, and Randy, what would you think about this? Bud Light Lime. With a ginger ale and lemonade mix. Why are you asking the guy that doesn't drink alcohol? Go for it. I don't know. Is that good? Is that bad? I don't know what that is. Jesus. Again, like I said, Wayward Pines is a very lovely, lovely town. I would be glad to take you there and give you the grand tour. Nothing bad would happen. You realize the person to ask that question would be Jason. And he's on assignment now, isn't he? And he would say yes regardless. That, that's that's fair. This is the unprofessional we're talking about here. Thank you. All right, I'm back. You have been listening to The Kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network, available online at w2mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening services, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox, and many others, including, hey, Eric, guess what? Spot. Who's your dick of the week, Eric? Doug Marone. I mean, Mark Lamping, Doug Marone, Todd Wash, you name it. Just pick anybody at any certain level of the Jaguars organization for me and they qualify. Randy? Uh, my dick of the week is a uh, friend of the podcast, Robert Taylor. <laughs> going for two and you're up by seven with a minute to go is the right play. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Fuck that guy anyway, goddamn Chiefs. And in hindsight, he's a definitely a dick of the week. Even though we've, <laughs> we've, we've, we've kissed and made up and we're, we're still friends, of course, but man, he was wrong on Sunday. <laughs> it got rough in the group, Chad. I ain't going to lie. A little bit. 
He caused me to rage. The, the funny he thing is, me. He, he messaged me today, and and I go, do you know what the word hindsight means yet? He goes, no, but are we good? I go, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, he messaged me, and he was like, so, um, when am I going to be ready to be on standby? <laughs> I was tempted. After the Sunday and Monday that I had, technically speaking, I could boot him off the call since I am the host anyway, Eric. <laughs> well, I but, mean, we, I thought it no, was me. My thing is, is, is he has had multiple chances in the past. He doesn't get to come on and gloat. Well, I mean, he's no. finally on vacation this week. So I was like, well, I Don't mean, if you, if you weren't feeling 100%, I could run the call. I was like, if I... I still don't feel 100%, and I'm better at this podcast than what the fuck are you wearing, Randy? I don't know. I found something in my, bre- my son's room. I'm wearing weird glasses. <laughs> uh, all right. Back, back to what I was saying. I'm less than 100% right now, and I'm still better on this podcast than any episode of MMA to the max. Boom! Well, I mean, to be fair, Dungeons and Dumbasses is a better show anyways, so. All right. So my dick of the week. I actually was going to give this to them last week, and then I forgot, so I'm going to give it to them this week instead, because I went back and listened to the show and mentioned that we would talk about them later, and then I forgot all about it by the time we got to Dick of the Week. My Dick of the Week is Spectrum Cable. And the reason my Dick of the Week is Spectrum Cable is because when they did the switch over from Time Warner to Spectrum, okay, yeah, I get it, I understand. They want people to adjust to the new service, which is like $50 more expensive. You know what those motherfuckers did? They took Red Zone off of the Time Warner package. It's Spectrum exclusive. Oh, boo. You have to upgrade to Spectrum in order to get Red Zone back. These motherfuckers. Congratulations, Spectrum. You're my dick of the week. Can't you get Red Zone on, on YouTube now? Can you get Red Zone on YouTube? I might have to look into that. You'll have to send me some. I, I know. I, last year I got red zone through my playstation 4 i have sunday ticket this year because i'm a college student and it was way cheaper but yeah so well, red, red zone you can get in a lot of different ways that are not based off of cable stuff now here's the question is this the andrew siciliano red zone where he I, missed his first last week year ever? last year was the terrible nfl network version this this year with the whole sunday ticket that i have it's the andrew siciliano which was weird because it was the first this last week speaking of that was the first week he's ever missed and i, I like i like chris hansen Chris Hansen's okay, but Andrew Siciliano's so good. First it of just all, shows a big difference when he's off this, that last week. And no, I forget who the guy was. He did a fine enough job, but just the 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 energy that Andrew brings it's, first, it's unmatched. Really. First of all, I will have you put respect on Scott Hansen's name, not Chris. Oh. My bad. I'm trying to catch a predator. Continue. I'm about to say, could you have a seat right here and let me explain to you the difference? <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yeah, how dare you say he's terrible? I think he's done all right. Not to mention one of the couple of times that I had tweeted at him throughout the years, he actually tweeted back and we had a conversation. I will never forget that. He is the Aaron Jones of Eric's Twitter friends. <laughs> exactly. Well, one of my Twitters, let's. Yeah, differentiate let's specify. Here. Let's specify. Speaking of which, you can find Jason Segway. 
You can find Jason on Twitter at WTWMChairman or his personal account at TurkaGlue822. Well, he'll probably tell you to go fuck yourself. This is the unprofessional, after all. Randy, where can people find you online? You can find me at Randy Isbell. Even though I don't use that too much, you can find me at chapter underscore select for my video game podcast. And you can find me at the R&R Sports Report on Facebook. And check out our radio show every Tuesday night, 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time at klcz.com. Or if you happen to be in the Lewiston area, or if I'm also correct, Clarkston, Washington, signal carries that uh, If you're in the right spot to Clarkston, Washington, the, the, the power that our radio station is not the best. Okay, but, but so if you're... Washington. Yeah. yeah, if you're in the area, you can listen on 88.9 on the FM dial. And remember, Bill's Mafia, I will gladly let you know when the phones work so you can call in. Oh, don't worry. I'll be sending out his Twitter handle to Bill's Mafia if anything happens on Sunday. Right. Hey, it'll be the, the second most activity my Twitter's gotten since I became best friends with Aaron Jones. Eric, where can people find you online? Oh, you can find me at Switch Sportshead on Twitter. I want to try to make my promise, especially since we're getting into the AFL and NRL Grand Finals, but their kickoff times or first bounce are at about 5 a.m. Eastern. So unfortunately, no, no live tweeting for those. Terribly sorry. Although, eh, there might be a local grand final party here in Jacksonville. I'll mention details later. But if you don't want to hear me talk about that or any of those things, you can also find me on Facebook at Eric Watkins. You should know the drill by now. Guy, recliner, laundry, wine, etc. I'm willing to discuss a few different things. But if you're looking for that something extra special, find my Twitter, slide into my DMs. Undergo the proper thorough vetting process, and you'll gain interest or access to my Snapchat, my Telegram, my WhatsApp, and uh, let's just say a couple of nicknames have been changing recently thanks to some bonus events on there. And as always, this commercial and these plugs brought to you by the fine people at Rick's TNT LLC. Commercial and website coming soon. Notary Public Services also coming soon. We really do need to talk to Liz. I know it's becoming a running gag, but we do need to talk to Liz and get that knocked out real quick. We do. At HEB the Eagle on Twitter, at HEB the Eagle on Instagram, admittedly, I barely use either of those services, but that's where you can find me. I'm more active on Grapple if you're into professional wrestling. And God damn it, Randy, I forgot to put up my scores for TakeOver Portland this week. Did you watch it? Best, best TakeOver this year? I watched it live. Remember, that was my birthday weekend. I had a get-together with friends to watch that one. But did you see me in the crowd? That was the question. I don't know where to look for you. you, you, you appear <laughs> we, on we, only, we only show up barely at one point. It's, it's, it's not worth looking. Well, either way. Um, you can hear more about my thoughts about the world of professional wrestling. Segway! By listening to The Reaction every Monday night at 11.30 p.m. Eastern. That is available on the Chairshot Radio Network. Myself, the aforementioned co-hosts with the most is Miss Liz Puglisi. And the original Down Since Day One co-host, 411 Mania's Tony Acero. We host The Reaction. We talk Raw on SmackDown every week. No episode this week. I was not feeling well. It's been kind of an all-week thing for me. And... Spectrum decided to shit the bed with the cable app on Monday, and I ended up having to watch Raw through a streaming service online through less than legitimate means. 
look, look, if anybody knows less than legitimate memes are okay, it's gotten <laughs> me through some very good times in my life. So, no episode this week, but we will be back next Monday with our breakdown of Hell in a Cell from this coming up Sunday. So, yeah. Uh, H-E-B the Eagle, anywhere else you want to look for me, Harry Broadhurst on Facebook. Just look for the picture of me and my girlfriend or just find my name because that'll probably be easier since you probably don't know what I look like if you're only listening to the show. That's over on Facebook. That's where you can find me. For the on assignment, unprofessional Jason Teasley, our thoughts and condolences out to him and him and the, and the friends and family of those that he lost. The Riz Randy Isbell this show's down since day one co-host Eric Watkins. I am the voice of reason. My name is Harry Broadhurst. You have been listening to The Kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. We'll talk to you guys next week here on The Kickoff, week eight here on the W2M Network. <laughs>